0: Direct from the web, it's Billy Masters Live. And now, please welcome your host, Billy Masters. Here we go, another show, kids. Hey everybody, welcome to Billy Masters Live. I am, of course, your host, Billy Masters, and I'm lowering my volume because who needs to hear a lot of me? Although you're going to be hearing a lot more of me than you think. Okay, we have a special guest today. We have Taylor Dane, but here's the thing. Taylor's not here yet. Is she going to be here? It's anyone's guess. By the way, somebody tell me if my uh, mic is working. I assume it is. Um, We had some technical, we were rebuilding some things here. So uh, things just, things just happen. But let me tell you. Oh, Jesus, you know, right there yelling at me in my ear. Yes. Okay. Today, today is Tuesday, December 22nd, 2020. It is three days before, um, before Christmas. Oh my God. I just got a text from Taylor Dane. She's trying to get in. You know, if I had a nickel for everyone named Taylor who had said that to me, uh, Okay. I'm vamping. There you go. Anyway. Okay. So I'm going to tell you a story while Taylor Dane's trying to get in. I love Taylor Dane. Oh, wait. I got a comment from somebody. All good, Melinda. Thank you, Melinda. Okay, so if you read my column, which is every week at billymasters.com, which you can see it right there. See, check out all the latest gossip, billymasters.com. We're going to do a special this week. I'm going to be sending out an email to people. So if you'd like to be on the list, go to billymasters.com and join the mailing list. So let me uh, tell you. So I am negative, which, of course, if you watch this show, uh, uh, you then don't know. Okay, Taylor Dane is saying to me that somebody, and who knows who, never sent her the email with the link. So, okay, I'm going to send her the link. Kids, I know. You're all sitting there saying, what the hell kind of show is this? Okay, so anyway, that was that. Okay, I've sent Taylor Dane the information. God willing, she will be here. Anyway, let me tell you the story about me um, going to get... So I got a COVID test because I had been... I had had to travel a couple of times, as you know, for the past month. And I thought to myself, you know, I, I, I'm not having really symptoms, although I was having a couple of symptoms that could be symptoms, but it could also be life. So anyway... I go, first off, you can't get, I I mean, I know there's no news to anybody, but you know, I live like in a little bubble. Um, You can get anywhere to get a COVID test. Like you can make an appointment, you can do a walk-in. But the problem is if you want the rapid test where, you know, like in an hour or two, that's hard to get because that's what everybody wants. And of course, to make an appointment for a rapid test, your appointment's going to be in a week, which then I say, what's the point of the rapid test? I could take the regular test now and know the results in three to four days, even before a rapid test. That's me. Anyway, so I... um. Set. I I found out that this place, every morning, they were releasing new same-day appointments. So I keep looking over to make sure Taylor Dane isn't here. So they were releasing same-day appointments. And I got one same-day for this past Saturday. So I'm like, great. It wasn't the most convenient place in the world to go. But what else do I have to do on a Saturday So, you know, fine. I'm driving over. While I drive over, I get a text message from them that says, make sure you fill out the registration forms with a copy of your license, your credit card, your health insurance card, because if you don't pre-register, we will not see you. Well, I'm in the car, so I can't be taking pictures of my license and adding it to a form and a PDF. You know, there's a lot going on. So I get to the place about 20 minutes early. And I go to go in and, oh, first I call them and no one answers the phones. You know, it's just information. So I say, all right, I'm going to go in. So I go, uh, Walgreens, oh, I see Taylor. Taylor is arriving. Hi, T. Okay. Uh, I don't see her yet, but I see her name, which is always a good sign. Um, Anyway, so I go to get this COVID test at this place, same day. And... I go to go inside to give them my license uh, insurance card and the um, credit card as a backup in case the insurance doesn't work. And there's a big sign in front that says, stop, do not come in this door. Wait in your car till you're called. Well, so here's the problem. I walk back to my car. I try to call them again. I can't get through, but I've got an email that says that if I don't give them the information. They're not going to call me. So what can I do? So I go towards the door. Now they see me in this glass building. They see me now approaching for the second time and they all jump up inside. They're like, go back, go back you with your COVID ass. Get out of here. And I keep walking towards it. I'm thinking they're going to call the police. So anyway, one woman, head-to-toe silkwood gear with the headband and everything, screams through the door. Stop. So I stop. Why are you coming in? I explain the story. She says, okay, go into the vestibule. And they've got like one of those ATM vestibules that you go in and then you wait and then they could come in. All right, so I wait there. So she gets now more hazmat information. T, I see you back there, just in case you're wondering. Um, So she comes in and she says to me, this woman, she says, okay, slip your documents through the door. She doesn't want to get anywhere near me. So I slip the documents through the door. So she makes copies of them. And she says to me, and she slips the documents back, and she says, okay, here's a form Fill out this information form, and when it's time for you to be tested, bring it back. She slips the form. Problem is, I don't have a pen or a pencil, so she can't, so she says, back up. So I back up. She opens the door like this much and slips a pen through there, and so I do the thing. Anyway, fill out all the forms. They call me. I go back. She says, slip the forms through the door. I slip the forms through the door. She now says, put on everything. Keep your hands in your pockets. Don't come near me. And fine. She comes out to do the test. And I reach in my pocket and I take out the pen. I said, I wanted to give you back your pen. Oh, my God. The pen is riddled with COVID. Don't give me the pen. Keep the pen. I kept the pen. Anyway, she was very nice. She gave me the test. Everything's negative. And I got a pen out of it. That's the whole story. All right. Look, I'm not going to keep talking. Taylor's there. I see she's trying to find her light. You know, we're all trying to find our light tea. All right. Thank God. You know, I don't mind telling stories about me, but I'd rather talk about Taylor Dane. First off, can I just tell you, when I was a little gay boy in a Boston suburb in the 80s, I never thought that my life would ever intersect with Taylor Dane. And as it happens, it is intersected many times. I have been fortunate enough to perform with Taylor, D- perform like we did a duet. I've hosted LA Pride. I've hosted shows at different AIDS benefits and gay pride festivals around the country. I have worked with Taylor Dane many times. She is the I, I don't want to say the easiest person I've ever worked with, but one of the easiest people I've ever worked with. She's fun. She is more talented than you ever would have imagined. She, the one thing that strikes me about her is, first, you don't think she could sound better than her records. She does. You don't think she could be more beautiful than she photographs. She is. And you don't think that she's going to be as down home and like your sister, like she would be. She always comes off like that in interviews. She is. She is all of those things. So I'm going to show a picture. This is a picture of Taylor at L.A. Pride. Now, look, Taylor is going to look like, okay. there's look at that. Just look, take, take. See, she's putting her makeup on. But she'll see this picture eventually. And then, just to prove that, like, I was with her, there I am with Taylor Dame. In what, you know, this, and so she was wearing this white thing that the winds would catch it and it would blow, like, these diaphanous veils around her. It was so gorgeous. It was like, um, it was, it was, you know, one of, the, one of the greatest times of my life. And then also, we were together at the Parliament House down in Orlando. Oh, we've been so many places. And now she's here, and now she's sitting. You know, she's getting her steps in, I think, before this show. Anyway, I am proud to welcome, and I don't want to click on her till she's back, because she keeps running around. She's like a whirling dervish that day, Le Dane. Anyway, I'm going to her, because if I don't click on her, she will never sit down. That's what I know about Taylor Dane. Oh, but I want to tell you, before I even tell you all that, she's got a book out called Tell It To My Heart, Taylor Dane. There's a subtitle, which I'll let her do. Oh, no, now she's got a new hairdo. And I think a wind machine. What is happening over there, T? And so you have Tell It To My Heart, which is the book. And then you had Tell It To My Heart, which was the single. But what you got here now is Taylor Dane. Oh, she's finally there. Hey, T. Look at that. We're back. Back. all right honey. i kept sitting there i'm sitting there saying maybe she's fixing her makeup maybe she's got a wind machine maybe she's getting her no. steps in oh all right
1: that was just the, the airpods I don't that's know. technology
0: i know see that's why we need the kids around sure. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know like uh, i have talked
1: to ta- them but like oh yeah yeah
0: uh, well, first off, I was telling everybody, I am so fortunate to have worked with you so many times. We've done L.A. Pride together. Yeah. We've done pride festivals and, and fundraisers around the country. Um, the night at L.A. Pride, I had put this little uh, composite together of you. You were so beautiful that night. Thank you.
1: Wow. And, so uh, you see this kid? Do you remember when were what? on stage that night?
0: Yes, of course I do. They I was playing with them backstage, and here we are on stage. Oh I have video, God. but all the videos are like in L.A. And then, um, and then of course the Parliament House. There you were, you and your fabulous backup singers. Uh-huh. Um, you know. One thing that I, and I say, I said this earlier, is that what people don't understand is that you think she couldn't sound as good as in her records live. She sounds better. You don't think she could be as beautiful in person. She's more beautiful. And you don't think she'd be as real, but she's like, I'm Taylor Dane. What do you want? Like, she is so (laughs) down to earth. I mean, is that just who you are?
1: Yeah. I think it's you know, I appreciate that really. I just feel um, you. We just settle into our core, and then as we, as human beings, as we're growing, and and of course, I think look around. We're all being challenged in the same, the same, in this this this, this cyclical way. We're all being challenged to stay okay you don't like, um, what you're being served, what would you like to change? What do you think I'm going to, the world is saying, if you keep giving me the same, if, if you, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, crazy, I'm going to sit there and, and reflect this back in a mirror to you. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> you have to do things differently. So in my eyes, you know, I grew up in a in a rather, uh, you know, challenged environment regardless. So that tough kind of mentality, that street kind of smarts that we always had from New York, it wasn't nothing was fluff and nutter anyway. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? So especially if you wanted
0: to survive.
1: The survival is what everybody's born to to do, regardless. You're either coddled or muddled or mothered or or fathered through it in some level. But you know, really, as our, our first instinct is to survive. You throw mm-hmm. a baby into water, you know, they're not they're, they're going to cry. You know, their their first instinct is to cry. You know, and that's because we want to get fed. We want to eat. You know, we don't want to die. That's our first instinct, you know, is to survive. So, But when you grow up in an environment like, you know, I guess how we did in New York and stuff like that, we're just very much more, yeah.
0: (laughs) But, you know, I'm sure you knew people that didn't survive or didn't survive as well, that it was harder for. They didn't have that.
1: And I think we all know people like that. And it could be your brother, your sister.
0: Well, and that you, you know, it's a people funny from thing. The
1: same environment.
0: Yeah, that yeah. That's the one of the funniest things you, you talk about in your they book, didn't which handle is it as
1: well.
0: in your book. Tell it to my heart, yeah. which we've got here on the screen. Which, by the way, if people need like a last minute Christmas gift, first off, yeah, okay, you might not be able to get it tomorrow. Go to a bookstore. They're in bookstores. Go to Amazon and get a digital copy. You can get it right there, like that. Oh yeah. You didn't. You didn't do an audio book, Taylor.
1: No, not yet. Why no, haven't, haven't you? I know. Well, I could sit there and yenta about it. Yes, you're right. I yeah, could do, you're just, just sitting scandal. there. Yes, there's plenty. Yes, I haven't done my <laughs> audio book yet.
0: All right. But anyway, one of the things I love in your book is you talk a lot about your childhood and how challenging it was. But you also talk about how everybody in that house saw it through their own eyes. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you did something really... Uh, I think Brave is that you you not only confronted the bad times you had, but then you handed the book to your parents and said, hi, just so you know, this is my truth. I don't need anything from you other than to just read it. That's it.
1: And I didn't even want to. I was like, My mother's like, I heard. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, has not the book been out for weeks? Oh, wait, now hearing we're not hearing you. T- oh, yeah, yep, yeah, we got you. Yep. Yeah.
1: Can you see me? Levi, I see you let Scotty in. Unbelievable. I'm like, like, mom. And she's like, oh, I heard from Lisa Galata. Like, you know, it did this. I'm like, you, Levi, let Scotty in. My God. Like, <laughs>
0: Would you have game. ever imagined, would you have so imagined this going would be, on yeah, I was just going to say, would you have thought this would no, be this your life?
1: life. This, yeah, this I'm life. obviously. Scotty, like this Scotty Gomez.
0: Hi, Scotty. What do
1: you got to get in that gate for? I'm on with Billy. See, I see him on Zoom. Why do you need the big gate? What? You see Scotty Gomez? just three I time, see Scotty. Three-time NHL, um, you know, brought home the cup winner.
0: Yeah, you know, you always house. have a lot of hot guys That's around
1: like here. Actually, a, yeah, I know he, he's an Alaskan on ice skates. Who even thought? Yeah, why I you know. got Can you believe this shit? <laughs> why you gotta get in the gate today, Billy?
0: Oh, so what? What was it like giving the, your parents the book after two weeks? No, Scotty's still trying to get over the gate.
1: Jesus, Scottie. you know, can't you imagine?
0: Couldn't he just climb the gate for God's sakes?
1: Yeah, you should climb the gate, Scotty.
0: There you go. Look
1: at all this merch. See, this is what you guys could be. This is here's the See if you go art. to
0: Taylor Dane's website, you can get all this stuff with her DNA on it. Look at that. She'll touch Ooh, it for you. DNA.
1: You know what? Don't you I love these retro shirts. These are my favorite though.
0: Well, you know, that looks a lot like here's the first single teeth. Look. <laughs> like she hasn't seen, like it, your, before. Like, she hasn't seen it, it before. Like she hasn't seen it before. Well, yeah, I know. This is
1: when yeah. the hair was literally, they put, like, this is what my hair looks right like
0: that. Like. See, again, <laughs> you know this is just like? what she's but like, yeah.
1: Untamed, crazy llama hair. This is the yeah. llama hair, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, would you have gone out like that in the day, or did you always you feel you had this, to this do the hair, everything? This
1: is the hair in the day, right? This is just like. Yeah. It's like white snake hair. We can't, what do we do about
0: it? Yeah. And there was some more hair added. It's sometimes.
1: still the same. This is white snake, baby. <laughs> 80s hair. This is it. We come out of the shower. We put.
0: We and put that's it.
1: <laughs> go on. I am so destroying
0: his. <laughs> that's a, no, no, no. Yeah, first off, we're going to be, gonna be all over the place. It's fine. But uh, speaking of the hair, you know, you also talk in the book. We're going to go back to your parents in a minute. Of but course, you're also talking like in the book. Everything. And you're but no you also lie. talk in the book, yeah. I know in Florida, you think I don't know Taylor Dane? Come on. Um, but you also talk in the book very openly, like, I think I'll go get lipo today. You know, I'm having babies, I'm gonna get my boobs done.
1: You're and you're just saying that no, no, these were turning points. You know, you're gonna be turning 40 and you're like, there's no way I'm gonna be like getting having babies and like rolling around like with like my saggy boobies, and you're like. I want to make sure I look like they're my my brothers and sisters, and I think I
0: can solve <laughs> that problem. <laughs> well, you still look like you could be their older sister,
1: dude. They tell me that too. They go, uh, "Ma, I want your I mean, I'll go. With... I'll call them. I'll bring They're like, uh, "You look pretty damn good." I'm like, "Just remember you said that, so don't come after me, like you know, acting as if."
0: And in 30 years, if you don't look this good, you didn't take care of yourself because I gave you everything.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, you, you, because we talked about briefly, you had health issues as a child, between yes. like your bladder, your kidneys, the tubing. Yeah. And, you know, in a way, it's after reading, it, which I didn't know any of this, after reading it, I thought to myself, a kid, at, were you like four? I was four. Okay, so you're four years old. You're in the ICU. You don't know what's going on. You're not with your parents. You say the not funniest thing, which, which if any of you who were born in the 60s or 70s, when she says, all I had with me was my Polaroid cube. I remember those cubes with the pictures on all this. I, I, the minute I read it, I said, if you were there, you knew what that meant. And you held on to that.
1: It kind of like as a mom and just knowing, you know, you know, remember that cube, you you know what I I'm talking do. about? I do. Yeah. It's like a big Rubik's cubes, guys. Right. Except, except what you do is you put your Polaroid photos in
0: it. So that all the sides have a different picture. And then you'd, and you'd put it like on, on a table right? or something or you could hold it. Yeah. And, and then some the of them had the like a little thing. You can, they had a thing at the bottom, some of them that would turn. That so you could look at them, but I yeah, can imagine so I'm there, a kid you know? being, a kid being so afraid and just having these pictures in their hand. That's of all you have.
1: And my, you know, my brothers, my brother could barely even fit into the photo. He was just like this, <laughs> this high. And yeah. What and I your brothers couldn't everybody. come in. My table. It was at my little tabletop in the hospital. So that's what I looked at, you know?
0: And they, and your brothers couldn't visit you. The only ones who could no. visit were your parents. Yeah. And as you said, mostly no, I your in father. Of
1: care for yeah. After surgery. And was it
0: Dr. Yeah, Landau? Yeah, was, was that who it was? Was it Dr. Landau? Yes. See, I remember these things. Well, I because I said, "Oh, that's a name." And you, and again, you kept a relationship with him till you were what, like eighteen? Well, yeah,
1: he was my yeah. And he was, and I was very nervous about it. I mean, the tests weren't simple; they weren't. You know, they are invasive. Kids, they were very invasive. But, you know, they were necessary. And it was obviously during a time that, you know, talking late 60s, 70s, like these mm-hmm. were, that was the way they, urologically, that was the way they stretched, you know, they had to stretch my urethra into my bladder. And this is the only way they deemed it possible. And. And then the surgery was necessary to remove it, you know, my urethra tube, and then re-implant it. And it just caused, you know, it was just a 15-year a process of my life.
0: And after all that, you're thinking to yourself, I can't ever have children. And then all of, well, all of a sudden, one day, you find yourself pregnant.
1: No, I don't find myself pregnant. I've been pregnant, meaning...
0: Oh, yeah, for five for five weeks or something. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, I can get pregnant, but carrying a child? Mm-mm.
0: Yeah. Was so, that... Getting
1: That pregnant, must have been
0: one of the hardest things you had to decide.
1: Yeah. Carrying was not in the cards for me. So once living and moving to Los Angeles where finding out about surrogacy and learning about it and understanding it and fertility. And, but this is by the time I'm in my late thirties. So Mm -hmm. I never carried a child and understanding surrogacy. And when it became, uh, it was so unique and so, so infantile the the whole subject of it and, and it was very, um, groundbreaking at the time. So it was only
0: 20. legal in like two states, in California and it was. In one no, other no, state. Only that Delaware was it.
1: and California at the time. Yeah. And only a doctor. I was the, going under lipo and, and this one do- nurse uh, was, was mentioning it because I was like, I want a child. And she's like, so have one. And I was like, what? And she <laughs> goes, one. I had one with my, I'm like, what does the baby look like? And she goes, what's the matter with you? It's yours. It's rental womb child. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I don't even understand what that means. You know, it was so you can talk to the smartest people and we don't, you know, fertility, it's so still off the, you know, we don't understand. And I, I mean, it took a long time, but I mean I had to go on a waiting list. This was very, very ahead of the ahead of the curve. And then still, even as a single parent, I was um, not um I still had the challenges ahead of me. Never mind. If I was in a couple as a gay couple, or if I wasn't married, being single was was hard enough. Then you had to, um, and of course, the limitations of of women that were available, even for it, you had to get a a married, you know, because again, you were dealing with somebody that had to be in a a marriage, had to have already have children. But again, it Mm -hmm. was really different because you're in rent a womb situation. You really are biologically attached to the child because. This is your biological egg now, it's different. You're not right. you, it's my egg.
0: Now, during that time, while that's going on, you're also working because I, you were doing Iida on Broadway. You're going back and forth. You would have like two days off uh, a week, well, really a day and a half. And you would fly out to L.A., see the mother or do the tests or do the transfers, and then you'd have to go back because Mama got to do a show Tuesday night.
1: Yeah, so during this time when I really, well, Originally, it wasn't supposed to be that way, but (laughs) I went through two surrogates. One, unfortunately, had an incident where when we were doing the transfer, she, one of her, yeah. I mean, and then I I found the perfect surrogate for me. But I found an agency that was willing to represent me. It was beautiful. It was also meant to be. And I mean, you know, once I put my mind to something, just like you said before, it's that New York thing. I was like, I'm going for it. Now I was only going for one child. And during yep. that time, I mean, this was definitely late nineties, early, but I was on a waiting list for a while, a year. It wasn't like surrogates were very available. Again, I found an agency that would represent a single parent. I could show my tax returns, showed that I could afford it. <laughs> I went as a single parent. I yet to find one other woman that's doing what I do still.
0: And you would think that you would think that maybe after the first experience not working out, you might have given up.
1: No, they just popped me on another list. I'm. I'm (laughs) You name me one other woman you know that has a baby by a surrogate by themselves.
0: Yeah, still don't. And there's twenty, almost twenty years later.
1: (laughs) I got twins. I still don't. Oh, and
0: we should tell the story. So when you found yourself pregnant.
1: I yeah, know, I do too. I, know, I think we know Andy, right? Yes, I know a we couple do. Guys that have
0: done it. We know we two know. Andys, actually. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, there's the story when you found out you were pregnant the first time, and you were trying to figure out what to do, and you went to see a spiritual woman who gave you a message. I
1: was really pregnant then.
0: Yeah. Right. You're pregnant, and you know that trying to carry this to term could kill you or the child and you have to make the worst decision a woman has to make. And what did the woman tell you?
1: Well, this was a special woman and this is when... Well, I was also in a very um, destructive relationship. And the relationship is the one that really made me scared. And it was the relationship where... You know, you can suffer through women, women take on a lot of things and I mm-hmm. would have stayed if I felt secure in the relationship and that I found that I could have handled it mm-hmm. um, and I was supported there. Maybe I would have seen it through and gone through all the, the, the unknowns and the challenges and maybe the medical may, risks, potential dr- drastic problems that would have arose with it. Possibly. But I know it would have been horrifically mm-hmm. challenging. God knows, bed rest. Who knows And right. everything else? It would have been because there's no other way around it. Um, but the relationship was was a challenge, and it never lasted anyway. Obviously, um, but she told me that the soul waits. The soul waits, and. You can't keep this child. She will wait for you. And she called her a she, and she will wait here in the universe. The soul will wait for you. And her name is Astaria. She named her. And I was just blown away. And once she named her and she told me she will wait for me, I was so clear and so knew that I wasn't losing her. Right. That it helped me with my decision and to the point when I did not go through with that pregnancy, Mm -hmm. which was devastating to say the least, to moving forward, moving forward, To when I did move forward with the surrogacy and when they told me, and when I was going back and forth, as you said, through my uh, term of pregnancy. And they told me I was having twins and they were boys, (laughs) two boys. And I was like, where's the girl? Where's Astaria? Right. And for six months. And so the flying back and forth, the flying back and forth, as you say. So I couldn't believe there was no girl. And then nine 11, I was in New York. I had just wrapped up Aida and we were in the apartment
0: and. With new boobs.
1: Yeah, probably. New (laughs) boobs or something after I finished my show. And, uh, yeah, eventually the surrogate got through to the line. We were in the apartment, obviously nobody was going anywhere. And uh she had just left the um you know, the doctors and, and uh they had gone in for another ultras or some, some other bigger, you know, um amnio or something and, and there was a girl. So she goes they're wrong they're wrong it's not a boy and like we had seen very clearly when they had done the amniocentesis and i was like wow that's pretty wild and so mm. everything shifted That's like our whole like you see things leave and go and souls stay and wait when their time is ready and so it was very profound and then the star is alive and well and living right there down the hall <laughs>
0: And people, I'm, we're not going to go through it, but people should read the book because the day when you get the call, when the babies are coming, that story and you go and you go through in the book each message as it comes through. And you're like, okay. there's one at eight oh, o'clock. Yeah. There's one at 10 o'clock. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I got to get going. I sleeping the whole time. In principle, <laughs> like,
1: I, I was like, hi, Taylor. It's, you know, Marie's water's broke. Hi, Taylor. Marie's water's. I was like, what? Like, this was supposed to happen for another week.
0: <laughs> but you did make it there and you were there and, um, the, ba- and the babies were born um an hour apart. It was hour it was apart. it was Torture. it was a scary. Yeah, that sounds like that hour because you go into it. It was scary.
1: It wasn't scary. It was pain for Marie. I was fine. <laughs> it was
0: just
1: a lot of time.
0: And twin yeah. twins. When Not Marie said, sure. get these out of me now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, she's like, get it out. Now. And I'm like, she wants it out now.
0: (laughs) If I needed a kidney, she would think about it. That's not for you. Okay, so you mentioned, you mentioned Aida. I was with you backstage in your dressing room at the, why isn't the picture here? We'll get the picture. But I I was at your last performance with, was it Denise Rich? Was Denise Rich with you?
1: I don't know what performance. She's been with me. The last
0: you know, the last performance she brought me backstage and I do remember because the cast made you a crown made of a Kentucky fried chicken oh, bucket. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, well, um, honey
1: that's basically what that thing was.
0: Yeah, well, um but did you enjoy doing it?
1: Oh yes, of course. You I didn't family. know
0: you would Yeah, I didn't know you had done the workshop.
1: Yes.
0: So you had been involved with it for a long time.
1: On and off. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's a whole process. It's no joke. That's like five years. That workshop was amazing. It was me. Um, uh, you had Sherry Renee was in the original workshop. Audra right. McDonald.
0: Right. <laughs> it was uh, People don't know it was Audra before Heather. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And... um. I have to say, I I heard a story about you, and I don't know if it's true. So I was at your last performance, which was on Saturday. Heather was leaving on Sunday. Yes, you were supposed to leave originally at the same time. And the story I heard was you said Heather should have that night for herself.
1: I don't even remember that.
0: Okay, well, if it's true,
1: no, they always wanted Heather. Got no, Heather got the no. Heather was supposed to get her own.
0: Because she should. Right. Absolutely. But you're but going to see the two of you together in that show, the only thing that could have been better is if you had been back when Deborah Cox was in it, because I think to myself, the two divas together on stage would mm-hmm. the Queens would have lost their minds. But they lost their minds with you and Heather.
1: Oh, Heather was. I mean, you know, just remember, Heather, Heather came in there and just sliced it up. We're from to nowhere she used to look from... at me and go like this what'd you do last night she used to give me that what'd you do last night no nose devil 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 oh we had fun
0: well for people who didn't see it I want to show a clip and this I will never forget and Adam, first off no,
1: Adam didn't oh and Adam
0: you. Pascal of course fabulous <laughs> um used to put but be
1: cushions on my I' be like really
0: Adam. the show began with your character saying the first lines. And very well, that's calmly thing you
1: don't know from the workshop. Okay, what? There used to be two separate roles, the princess and the, there was not even there was a complete then they combined Princess Amneris with the um the narrator.
0: Oh, so the, the opening every story was not Amneris. No. Wow, I did not know that. Well
1: yeah, let's just so I,
0: I just want to show a little clip of you at the beginning. And when you tear into it, after the calmness. It is frightening to be in the theater with this voice. Take wow. a look,
1: kids.
0: Here it comes. Stalking the stage. Stalking. I mean, that's power. And to do it eight shows a week. That, I mean, you have no life when you're doing that.
1: Jump, jump, jump to
0: it. And and here we are backstage after your last performance. That's the dressing room. Oh, and you know, that's the other thing is you can always tell... A lot about somebody by how the chorus and the rest of the tech people treat them. There was so much love in that room. Oh, they family. loved you.
1: Because this is my spirit backstage, baby. <laughs>
0: Were there other shows? I know you did Cats a few years ago. We're not, you know, yep. uh, whatever. Were there other shows that you wanted to do? Well, I know we've never. I don't think you've ever talked really on the record. I know that you had met with Julie Stein several times, that worst uh there for him. there were several several times that you were going to come in into Broadway or regional theater doing funny girl which never happened can yeah. we talk about that what I mean, happened it got
1: with a that? little yeah look there was a there was a big run there Greece Chicago they I was going back and forth with the Weislers on stuff there was a big time there where where they had a lot of us pop pop kids going in and out of there and it would have been fun mm-hmm. and uh but 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 really I was Julie's baby for that and they just couldn't i don't think the weislers or susan's or susan strummer was that was that was who was doing it yes, stroman, yeah stroman yep yeah there was really this this tug and pulling back on that and um, there was a real window for that and there was a real opportunity but the rights were getting just it was just you know julie had health issues and he had a strong opinion about it and the weislers did too and the weislers really you know god bless them but they really wanted me to commit to doing not Chicago first. Was it Gypsy? Not Gypsy. Um What show were they? Might have been
0: Greece. It, they were they had Greece. people coming they, in but, and out of but Greece. They had
1: everybody and their mother going in through Rizzo. And then right. they had Cabaret going on. And I know oh, I that's going right. in Cabaret. And everybody was yep. going in Cabaret. There was a commitment they wanted me for to doing in Greece, which was fine. And I think Rosie went in and a couple people went mm-hmm. in. And I didn't really have a problem with it. I was like, cool. But like, you know, Funny Girl was like really his thing. And that was
0: mine. And you would have been so it was was the right time in your life, too. We were,
1: you know, we were Billy and Stretch and we were Liza and we were doing it. We were we were on it.
0: Was it something that you aspired to or did it just come to you? Oh, it was. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, we were we were. I, I loved, I loved, I loved him. I mean, I yeah, named it, him at first, meaning and he was a mean <laughs> really? motherfucker to me in the funniest way.
0: Oh, I'm really? Like,
1: Mr. Stein, I'm a very smart girl. Just tell me what you want. He's like, sing that goddamn song it was written on the page. And I'm like, I looked at my accompaniment and I'm like, shut the fuck up. He told me to sing like tailorize it. I'm like, dude, you never do that. You sing <laughs> and what's it was on an, the paper.
0: And I heard what he fell in love with was an Irving Berlin song.
1: Yes, the music that makes me dance and sing. Well, you know, sing what's on the paper.
0: And I think the kids have been telling me, and I, I've gone and watched, you've been doing these concerts online where you're singing standards. Well, eventually,
1: you have to, you, you, sometimes. Of course, I'll do anything. I, I mean, if yep. you
0: get to a point
1: where, you, you know, I would love, yes, sometimes. I mean, is
0: there an album of standards in you? Why not? Yeah, no, I think why not? Why not? It seems to me every time you do something, people go, oh, she can do that. She can do that. Let's talk about the Masked Singer. Now, all of a sudden, people don't have the name Taylor Dane or the looks or the body or the hair or anything to distract them. All they have is the voice and people lost their shit. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, they really did. And they're sitting there saying, okay, she's singing Pink. She's singing Harry Styles. Who the hell is this? Yeah. Tina Turner.
1: This season, I turned it upside down for that show because they have, at the end of the day, when everybody's unmasked, you have like, the last four, the last four or five of us, I mean, you got... Tori Kelly you got Nick Carter you got Leanne Rimes you got Taylor Dane I mean Aloe Black is a little bit younger but like and and Tori but like you got some veterans up there we've been doing this 30 years
0: but veterans that they may not have said oh we'd love to hear Taylor Dane do a Harry Styles songs they wouldn't think that but when they don't know who it is they give you a chance and they go wow that's great yes and you're introduced to a whole new generation. Yes. Oh, I and it's funny. Yeah, you, you mentioned in the you mentioned in the book that you have now these days you see like three generations at your shows. Yes. I mean, what is that like for that girl who was say the youngest generation to see all this span?
1: I'm having a great time.
0: You know, it seems like it. And you, you you know, you talked about that writing the book and now we'll go back to your parents that, you know, although you wanted to get stories out, it's also, and you say this in the acknowledgments, it's for them.
1: Yeah. But it's like, you look what we do now, you know, music, streaming, what we do. And like age is a number now. Like we are just, we're all in the game. My kids are 18. They, my, my son runs my like merch shit he's on my red bubble like it's no no matter we're all like Mm-mm. it's a family business like we just you know music's out singles it's it's all i can't wait to do the next thing whether it's dancing with the stars whether i'm hosting on another series like music, music, this is what we're doing. Now. Whether
0: it's, and you also talked about it, that you'd like to do a show based on the book, that you'd like to do maybe a Vegas show oh, yeah. or a Broadway show.
1: Well, I could see this. Yeah. yeah, Vegas feels very, very real.
0: And you've talked about that it could go one of two ways. It could be something for you, or it could be something using your music to tell a story. 100%. There's plenty of that. You know, and and was it was it uh Get on Your Feet that really inspired you? Gloria oh, Estefan's oh, show.
1: Certainly, and then of course just watching even um just uh even Tina Turner's. Yeah. Beautiful.
0: What was what was the song that you that was taken from you that Tina had a hit with? Uh I uh,
1: I wrote whatever you want. Whatever that was you. you want me to
0: do. Yep. Yeah, and my label
1: passed on it, and then uh, I wrote that uh, with Arthur Baker, and uh, and then Tina recorded it, and made it a worldwide smash for her. She opened so, up her tour with that. Yeah,
0: and you know it's funny. Uh, you know, I was backstage with Lulu in London two, three years ago, and she told me, you know, I wrote simply the best, and my label passed on it. Tina took it and had the hit. That's just how it works sometimes. Yep. How did Clive? How did you and Clive get together?
1: Uh, Through "Tell It to My Heart," he met. uh, He heard it. I mean, the label picked it up through one of the A and R people that heard it. Uh, Rick and I produced it, wrote it, and we're putting it out. They heard it through an A and R person, brought it into the label, and they signed it as a twelve-inch.
0: And two things people need to know about that. Number one. You got a loan from your father to produce it.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Initially. Well, we uh, the and a loan.
1: Before. I was doing the mix shows. Yeah.
0: But there was, there was a contract. There was oh, yeah. all legal. And the other thing is, six is that grand. they. <laughs> six grand. And he got paid back. He got paid um, back. He knew he would. And, and that you had a contract with Arista that was single, single album that they could drop you at any time if a single, single didn't single work. option album. Option for album, sorry. Yeah. So yeah, the option was on their side, not on yours.
1: Yeah, usually. <laughs> so true.
0: And um, Clive said something really interesting that he had a song that he was holding on to for Whitney Houston. And he heard you and said, I think it's a Taylor Dane song. What song was that?
1: I believe this is folklore, but I think you might be talking about Love Will Lead Your Back.
0: Yes. Is it? Do we not know if it's true?
1: I don't know if, if that was true or not. I don't know because I think I believe that that's a song that for sure, when I heard it, we were in the office together. I believe that it was always Diane always wanted me to do
0: it. And Diane Warren always loved your voice. I mean, that's a great yeah, collaboration. Yeah, hunting
1: me down since my first record.
0: That's what I had heard. Right. Um How much, you know, you were born Leslie Wonderman, and Mm -hmm. how much of you is Leslie still? Mm. Yeah, a lot. Because you talk about really making a decision that you wanted to reinvent yourself in the image you had in your head.
1: Yeah. Well, you never, you know, that's the funny thing. I think you do that. But you knew that that little thing, that little piece inside of you, you hold on to. I think hopefully you heal a lot of that little girl. You heal the, the wounded parts. That's always the work in process. That's the And then you the can process. integrate
0: them together. Yes. You know, we should say, you know, the wounded part was you had a father who had rage issues.
1: That's one of them. And my mother that had enabling or whatever her or victimized issues, you know, whatever that part is. So together, imagine an enabler of a rager.
0: <laughs> <Enabling> <laughs> and this rager, little kid.
1: You know, a victim of a rager. So you know where those things go. Yeah. And
0: um, you you know, it's funny because um, you talk about going through therapy. I've been through therapy. Many people have. And you said something in the book that hit me that I realized once when I was in therapy and I was telling a story, you know, the therapist asked something about how did something make you feel as a child? And you're like, well, they did the best they could, blah, blah, blah. He's like, that wasn't the question. You're you're talking intellectually. How did it make you feel? And that was very hard to realize. And he said to me, you know, you don't have to protect your parents from your your feelings. Mm. And when I read your book... I thought to myself, you had to go through a lot of that because you're ex- you have to express your truth even if it hurts somebody. Well, when
1: you're young, you, you do that because you just don't want to get punished, you know? or, or... But
0: That's then when you're I older, you have the permission to do it. Correct. But it's still hard. It sounds like it's still hard for you because you don't, blame them necessarily.
1: Yeah. I kind of don't run that tree anymore. I just don't run up that tree so much anymore. And maybe that's wrong. And maybe I did the Hoffman Institute pretty good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And maybe it's just, it's ran its course.
0: You've looked for Answers in lots of different places. And um, what it's funny, it doesn't sound to me that you're so much religious in any sort of structured way as spiritual at this point.
1: Yeah, it's true. I've never, I, I mean, I ha- I'm Jewish. I'm proud of it. I'm also spiritually connected to being Jewish. And when I've gone on that path through... Judaism and Kabbalah and I've I've really had strong moments and when I've been very um, grounded in that I've had wonderful moments there and I, I truly have had great relief and great studious moments there. And it really, it's been beautiful. And I find all of that study really awakening. Um, but I'm just in a free flow right now and I'm not, there's no, it is more spiritual right now. I did a beautiful sound bath last night. I did some beautiful didgeridoo and I find the sound has been very awakening and beautiful and letting it in and nature has been my greatest healer.
0: Yeah. You mentioned going to Joshua tree in particular. That's just one of them.
1: One of the self I go to. Yeah. But immersion in it when you can do it, it's beautiful.
0: The other thing that was interesting is you you had issues um, with religion and your love of the gay community and your gay fans. And that was an issue,
1: it was something that was brought up, it was a topic and it was something that I understood. When you get so deeply involved with something, you understand principles and then Mm. you try to understand the tools and what the tools and the principles, what they mean, and then how you try to apply those tools. There were so many gay and and so many gay couples involved in the same that they applied it to the same principles. So it wasn't an exclusion of gay. I my, my greatest friends were lesbian, gay, a, a home, you know, male and female, and they were right there in Kabbalah with me. They didn't. They weren't suffering. Right. They just they understood the the principle of male energy and female energy it had nothing to do with sexuality right so let's not i don't it had nothing to do with marriage per se it had nothing to do with separating sheets it had to do with the energy of male energy and female energy that is the three that is the principle of all we're talking about here that's we cannot get caught up in like Separate men and women. Guys, don't think about it that way. It's not, it's, it's, that's why the light bulb has a male energy and a female energy. The filament is the center. Right. That's how you get the most power from the light bulb. You'll get 60 watts. You want 90 watts. You'll have more restriction.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. You
1: must understand what this restriction is. That's the filament. That's the more separation, the more illumination.
0: Right. And you take what works for you. Which is of the case? Of course,
1: that's the given. So I just don't. I don't. Yeah.
0: Um, it, it's
1: it's a difficult. I never want. Ne, yeah.
0: Yeah. My, no, you yeah. you talk about it a lot. You you talk about it in the book, and also when gay marriages became important, and you've sung at gay marriages, you've been involved in that. Was never an issue for you ever. Ever.
1: Right. Never is ever is and a matter of fact the reason why it became just so much more involved for me is because what i was saying to them is like guys it's not about gay straight ish i don't care about nothing my point was support gay marriage more in the sense is because if you want to have a family Mm -hmm. to raise a child and you need the support It's financial. True. That to me is a financial need to support with a spouse when you raise. I'm a single mom. This is a choice.
0: Right. And a hard choice. But
1: I asked the gentleman, the guy, the person I went into this with completely, wholeheartedly how he wanted to do this.
0: Yeah. And you talk about that, that he has his own family. He's in England, but Correct. he has a relationship on 23%. the terms that works for them. Right.
1: And I would never, but this is a choice and I had my choice and he had his, and I don't want to put somebody in a place they're not comfortable. And I never went into it that way. He gave me a beautiful gift and I'm not like, eh, eh, eh. So if, a, if, if a mat in a marriage, if you need that to be, and you have every right, if you're gay or straight, to be in a safe marriage, in a safe committed relationship, to share the expenses to have what you need.
0: And the emotional support if that's what you're looking 100%. for. 100
1: percent And so does your child.
0: Right. Um I I uh, I thought it was Body. really interesting. <laughs> I thought it was really Oh. we're doing
1: an interview too.
0: Everyone's busy. It? See, are you ready? What's he getting? Okay, cool. <laughs> um, I thought what was really interesting. I didn't know you worked with Bert Stern for the naked without you photo session. You didn't know? I had no idea, and but I love Gary you Bert and I. Bert Stern. Yeah, no, it's funny because I look at it and say. Well, of course, that's. I just thought it was inspired by that, but I didn't know you got to work with him. What was that like?
1: That was like I wanted to work with the legendary Burt Stern.
0: Yeah, and you did. Uh huh. Yeah, you before know, I, he
1: died. It
0: was yeah, and, and I was it seems inspired. like. You, well, it seems like you really took control of your career at a certain point and decided, "I'm going to call the shots." And. What It may not make sense to anyone else, but who cares?
1: I've been trying to do that my entire career.
0: <laughs> when did you feel you hit the point that you could?
1: I was trying to do it since the day I fucking started.
0: <laughs> even and even that early? Yeah,
1: and I wasn't trying to be a badass about it. Who do you think did tell it to my heart, Rick and I? It wasn't it's everybody else that said, Oh, you can't, you shouldn't. Oh, stop. I didn't even like, you know, the whole thing, this whole fantasy about Clive and I its like, Oh my God, if I, if I could have wrote all the best songs in the world and been inspired to go in there with every, every songwriter imaginable, I would have been so happy and like creatively just juiced out. I would have been thrilled.
0: But that isn't how things work. You really have to work. You have to push it yourself. Well, I just, wasn't I? Yeah, you did. But a lot of people didn't, and they didn't survive. You are, Maybe that's why you are still here and still relevant. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. It, does it feel like trying, really? I don't know yeah it seems does it feel to us like that you are on having the
1: right path does it feel like it I'm on seems the
0: right... to me, it always seems to me like you are having a good time, yeah, yeah, it really does. And I've been with you backstage where I'm like she's having fun. She's making sure shit gets done, but she's having a good time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I hope you are because you should.
1: Does it look like Debbie Gibson's having a good time?
0: You know, that year when the two of you sang at LA Pride, one sang Friday night, one sang Saturday night. And it was so amazing that people came out and they're like, I like Debbie better. Well, I like Taylor better. And I'm like, really, Queens, are we still talking about this? Can't everyone just have a good time?
1: Can we all just get along? But like, Debbie's doing good, she's doing great.
0: She's doing great. You're doing great. And the other thing is, people think like you two hate each other, and it's like I've seen you two together. You don't not anymore.
1: Can't say oh, that what,
0: now. Was there a time that you did not like each other?
1: No, but now Debbie and I step out all the time, so they can't. I know.
0: Always.
1: Okay. Um, I
0: now want now to show. they still a...
1: fuck themselves.
0: You know, when you started, people didn't know. I mean, even they Tiffany
1: all... now. She can't even say shit because I'm like Tiffany. Like
0: I'll show up on their shit. Oh yeah. Well, the good thing no, about social about media and stuff.
1: Then. I was just more of a badass.
0: Well, that's the thing is, I think you might have been scary because you were the I tough scared chick.
1: Them.
0: I think so. Um,
1: not anymore. now? I'm like, okay. Debbie. No. Oh,
0: I don't know. I think you still scare people. Um, I do you scare know. them,
1: but not them anymore. I'm like, Debbie comes over. No, I'm good. To, I'm good to that. I don't scare You're them. Anymore. T-
0: you know, you said in the book that when your first single came out, you purposely didn't you put a picture on the record because you didn't really want people to know who is she, and people you think were wondering. I did that.
1: That's fucking the record company did that. Well,
0: see, I, I'm giving you the credit that it was all your I you the credit idea. Credit
1: for that? I thought that was the biggest bullshit
0: ever. Really, you didn't like that?
1: Who would? You well, because really I hard. think.
0: I think a little mystery makes people more interested.
1: No, that mystery caused people to think I was black.
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess that. But you know what? The black community also embraced you. The well, lat-
1: they have embraced me. It's beautiful. Uh, this,
0: all right. Now, while she's doing this, I'm going to show a clip. Here is Taylor Dane. Wait, at I'm the legendary. I'm leaving
1: you after this, Billy. I have another interview,
0: and I. I know it. you. All right, that's okay. Um, I'm showing this quick clip. You, all right? While Taylor puts on her eyes for better people, let me put this clip. Hold on a second. I've
1: got to go on ESPN.
0: You have to go on who?
1: ESPN.
0: Oh fuck them! All right, let me show this clip. But I know, but that look. ESPN is going to sell records, so you go on there. Well, uh, I'm showing a clip of Taylor at the Apollo. Okay.
1: Are you have
0: She might have one of her eyes done by now. See, she's with those better people. Here she comes, clomping. I hear the stomping. What? Okay. <laughs> you know, I love a girl who can multitask. Only a Long Island girl.
1: This is Billy. Hi Billy.
0: Hey Scotty. What's going on? Did you make it in the right gate eventually? Yeah, I got um, it. All right, Figure good. Well good. Well. T, I know you gotta go. Um nice What do you that good to see you? Um what are you doing for the holidays? You staying in LA? You're doing okay during quarantine, everything's fine. Yeah. Well
1: you know look. It's been challenging. You're
0: doing these these concerts, a lot of them on Sundays on Instagram and Facebook.
1: I did a lot, lot, lot. I did April, May, June. And, um, you know, some, I might get into it. Listen, it's been challenging to say the least. Everybody's going through it. But um, I love everybody. I love you guys all so much.
0: I want to thank you for doing it. You know, um, people should go out, get the book. The book is fantastic. We're going to get
1: Christmas singles out right now. I've got my love to keep me warm. And this new single that came out over the summer. Everybody heard
0: that banger. Oh, that was so great. That was like classic Taylor kick-ass. Yes, I appreciate. Uh that. you got to see her on the Mass Singer. Go to YouTube, watch all the clips. They are unbelievable. Watch her TED Talk which is great. Aww. And the book of course. There it is. Tell it to my heart Taylor Dane. Taylor, I want to thank you for doing the show. I love, love you. Love. I hope I hope I get to see you soon when this is all over. Oh
1: yeah, there's more fun to come. New new music, new, new, new single and uh watch TV. I got I got something up my sleeve.
0: You always do, you always do. Thanks, honey, take care. Bye, love you. Go to ESPN, Happy Year, bye. Happy guys, Merry Christmas. Happy, <laughs> bye, <laughs> honey. <laughs> All right, that was Taylor Day. Now we didn't get to talk about it, but I will show a clip. So um, what people don't know is that the reason she wrote the book, I want, don't wanna say the reason, I don't wanna put words in her mouth, she'll come over and hit me. But she was invited to do a TED Talk and she talked about her background, how she came through it, how it empowered her, and you can make a life out of adversity. And she ended the TED talk with this song. So I want to show this song.
1: Waiting, a sound Please lift the of me. With this voice, i
0: And I know some Broadway queen out there is gonna say, why did I show the clip from the opening of Aida and not her song? Okay, here's her song.
1: Oh, now even like my time on Earth is or even We are so
0: tell you something sitting in the theater with that voice and it is crystal clear it it, it's almost like you know there it's only happened a couple of times where I've been in theaters where somebody is singing in front of you and it almost feels like they're sitting right next to you and that's that immediacy of her voice I love Taylor Dane even crazy even putting on makeup to go talk to better people you know um Okay, I'm gonna go, but I'm gonna leave you with one more clip of Taylor. But when I'm not coming back, because you know, I got things to do. Christmas is coming up, and I'm and I'm COVID negative, so you know, the world is my oyster. Um, we are not, I say we're not doing a show next week. Who knows? I said I wasn't doing this show, but this may be. Oh no, you know what? I might do a best of show next week, like the year in review, Billy Master style. I don't know. Who knows? All right. If you do, if you, right there, I think it is. If you press the subscribe button, you will find out when I schedule a show. It doesn't cost you anything, for God's sakes. Um, And that's all. Have a happy holiday. Have a good Christmas. Good, well, Hanukkah's over. A Kwanzaa, I don't know when that is. It's around here somewhere. Who's texting me? Have a great holiday. I will see you after Christmas and Kwanzaa and whatever. And I am Billy Masters. And just remember this is Billy Masters Live. And if we're here, trust me, we're live.